0: We're going to share communion in just a little bit. And uh, in leading up to that, I want to just share. I'm going to try to. I want to just kind of invite you into my meditation from this last week. Uh, Yeah, that's scary. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get through this. I brought my own box of tissue this morning because I've been a... Blubbering mess all day. As I think about Jesus' love. Uh, I'm gonna just kind of walk through that. And so I'm gonna ask you to. This is not so much a teaching or a sermon, you know, so you don't need to take notes. Just kind of allow him to speak to you in whatever way he's want to. But I often will think about the price that Jesus paid. We sang it a little bit, but too, too often we sing something and we don't actually think about it. And it goes right by, and or it's something we deal with on Good Friday and then we leave it there and not realize. So I wanna just take a moment and kinda of meditate on that the price that Jesus paid. Most of you are aware of this. I'm just gonna remind you. If you want to uh, close your eyes, you can. You don't have to, but uh, just don't fall asleep or I'll throw chocolate at you. (laughs) Throw more chocolate, throw more chocolate. And always uh, when I go through the story and I'm aware of the physical price that Jesus paid. You know, the fact that he was scourged, he was whipped. Most of the pictures we see don't depict that. The Bible says it was 39 times because 40 was supposed to kill someone. It was a whip with little pieces of bone or metal in it that would literally pull the flesh. And you're supposed to die at 40, so it was one short of dying. So it wasn't just a little bit of a smack with a cane. And then add to that a crown of thorns. You know, that was pressed into his brow and blood comes down. So much so, he lost so much blood that when he was actually carrying the cross, he couldn't do it. So they had to get someone, and then they nailed him to a cross. We all know this, but how often do we not think about it? You know, it's not something that's comfortable. And then they, as they lift him, as we saw briefly in that uh, video that we did in the beginning, uh, the, the put a human body in a position that you couldn't actually breathe. And so they'd have to actually push themselves up and pull themselves up to get a breath on feet that are nailed. Terrible, terrible physical price. And that's often all we see. But there was so much more. There was an emotional price. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God. Here, the only perfectly pure was made sin, the accumulated sin. See, this is not just a figurative price. There is something of this, if you go back and study the Old Testament, of the scapegoat. The sin was placed. The sin had to be removed. There wasn't just a price that was paid. There was actually a removing of sin, but it was removed and placed on him. In fact, if you look in Isaiah 53, three times in Isaiah 53, it talks about he bore our sin. Our iniquities were placed on him. Can you imagine? It makes the physical price pale in insignificance. This incredible weight of sin. Everyone's sin. In fact, Isaiah 53 says, he was bruised. The word in Hebrew is crushed. He was crushed under the weight yet in all this he didn't open his mouth he never made a sound but there's another price and that's a relational price he was separate from the father Matthew 27 verse 46 he cries out My God, my God, you've forsaken me. See, when the accumulated sin of the world was placed upon him, he carried that for us and was separated from God. Why? Because God's holy. God wasn't angry with Jesus. He was actually removing the thing that separated us from him. He was loving. Jesus took that and was separate from God. He who for eternity past knew perfect fellowship and communion with the Father was separated. If you've ever felt alone, you don't know what loneliness is. Jesus did. He paid an incredible price. But well, see, when you think about it, why did he do that? Why did he go through all that? He said in John 15, 13, no greater love has any man than he lay down his life for his friends. Obviously, it was love. But there's more. See, Hebrews 12, 2, It says, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy that was set before him. Have you ever thought about that? What was the joy that was set before him? Was it returning to heaven? No, he never had to leave. Was it some reward? No, he was the king of the universe. Was it the approval of the father? No, he already had that. What was the joy that was set before him? You and me. What he didn't have was relationship with us. He paid this incredible price for the joy that was set before him, which is us. Coming back into relationship. Think about that for a second. See, so we can sing the songs and go right by it if we're not careful. Or we can understand. Now you maybe kind of get a glimpse of why I've been a blubbering mess all morning. He paid this great price. But then the resurrection. So you had these fearful disciples, John 20, describes them as hiding. First day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, peace. So here these disciples are fearful. They're hiding from the Jews, and the resurrection transformed everything. From being fearful disciples to being fearless ambassadors. Not one of them is recorded in history of ever denying Jesus after this. The resurrection changed everything. And so much so that it's the crux of the gospel message. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14. You have it up there already and I don't have it in my Bible yet. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. See, the crux of the gospel isn't the price he paid. As important as that is, as an incredible expression of love as that is, the crux of the gospel is that he rose again because it turned Into something of celebration and spiritual victory, what would simply just have been a sad event. See, we'd be stuck on Good Friday rather than coming into relationship, his death, and his resurrection is the historic event. Jesus isn't on the cross. In fact, as we saw a few weeks ago, he actually is a resurrected king whose face shines brighter than the sun, whose voice is overwhelming. We sometimes miss Jesus because we have this idea he's either a baby in a manger or a nice guy hanging on a cross. We're gonna share communion. I'm gonna ask uh, those who are gonna help us here. There's gluten-free on this side. I'm gonna ask you, because of COVID, we can't pass it. You're gonna have to actually go get it. So I'm gonna ask you if you would just go pick that up and then hold it, because I have a bit more to say, but I want you to have that in your hand while I say it. So. It's both, yeah. You can get both over here, but if you're gluten-free and you need gluten-free, it's over here. Uh, but it's on both sides. And so, uh, go. W- would you just stand and... Sorry, we would pass it nicely, but we can't do that, supposedly. I don't know why, but we can. There's some on this other side as well if you're waiting in line there. There's no line over here. Communion is for us who know Him, it's a reminder. That's what He says. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. It's a reminder to us of the price He paid. It's a reminder to us that He took our sin and made us righteous. The old, old covenant which was a covenant of righteousness is complete. He completed it. It's finished, it's done. There's nothing we have to do. There's nothing more we need to do. It's all been done. Well, let me say this. When you know the price He paid, Why would we want to flirt with sin? See, if we don't know the price he paid, we often have this idea of how close to the line can I get without actually sinning. But when we realize the sin separates us from him, from God, and the price that he paid to redeem us, why would we even want to flirt with it? But it also reminds us of the new covenant of love we have access to his very presence the king of the universe redeemed you why would we not press in to relationship with him why do we run away why do we get so busy when we realize his great love and who it is if someone of importance decided they wanted to meet you most of us would do whatever it took there's no one more important so for those of us who know him it's a reminder but maybe you're here this morning and you're dry encourage you to fall in love with Jesus anew focus back on him not on hurt not on disappointment, not on people who let you down I know how often people say to me, the church has hurt me let me tell you, the church's people, they'll always hurt you because none of us are perfect if you're looking for a perfect church don't join it but church isn't the answer, Jesus is you can find a wonderful group of people and feel something as they gather and there's something of that stirring in your heart as Mary said and you can Misunderstand and think, oh, it's this gathering of people that may, makes me feel this way. It's not. It's Jesus. So if you've been dry, turn your focus back on Him. Let me tell you, if you haven't met Him, if you don't know Him, this is an invitation. Jesus reaches out the cup and he says, I choose you. Will you respond? See, he doesn't force us. As Mary said at the beginning, sometimes he walks along with us and we don't know who he is. Sometimes he's protecting us and we don't recognize it. But all of this, the price he paid the resurrection that tore the, uh, the curtain in the temple from top to bottom so we have access. All this was for you. If nobody through all of history ever responded to Jesus but you, he still would have done it. If you've been rejected and have suffered rejection you need to come back to Jesus. Because he's the ultimate lover of our soul. And he's proved it. When we take this, the uh, cracker represents his body broken for us. Represents the completion of the old. The price he paid. Everything he's done. Remember that in his blood bridges the two covenants, the old and the new. It's that the blood that, that uh, initiates the new covenant, but it's also, Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant, my blood. It's his blood shed that we can come into his presence. That's why we sing, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. It's not just the blood that he shed, but it's the blood that's applied to me when I respond to him. As we take that, if you know him, let it be a reminder. If you don't, let it be your response. Because he loves you anyway. Let's go ahead and take that together.